Morning show at East Coast. Annie is here. Pete the Vet. Pete Weatherburn from Brave Vet on Old Connor. How are you doing, Pete? I'm very well. It's a lovely sunny day out there, isn't it? It's very yeah, pleasant. Very good. Are you busy in the practice? And very, very busy. They're all, all busy. All, all vet practices are up to their <laughs> eyes right now um, because so many more people got dogs during COVID. So um, there are actually, problems. For the first time in years, it can be quite difficult to get an appointment on the same day at a vet because we're under, under that pressure. Right. Mm. We're going to talk about insurance today because um, I was reading that insurance claims due to dog bites have increased. What's going on? Well, I, I think, I don't think there's been a surge in dog bites. I think it's more that, well, there are more dogs out there than there used to be, so there will be more dog bites proportionally. Um, uh, but there are of um, like last, in, two years ago, in 2020, there were um, 320 dog bites that had, that required hospital attention during the year. That's a lot of dog bites, isn't it? Um, and um, but of those, only about eighty um, uh, of the people who were bitten took a claim against the owner of the dog. So this idea of taking a claim against the owner of the dog is is relatively. It's not something that everybody does. But obviously, some people feel sufficiently aggrieved that they do do that. Um, right, but not all bites are the same, presumably. Well, I, I would imagine with an insurance claim, or it's not necessarily an insurance claim. Let's say with a. Um, with a, a, a legal claim for compensation, I'd imagine there must be elements of the incident that um, make people feel particularly um, aggrieved, that makes them want to take a claim. For example, if, 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 if in a family home you, you approached your own dog while it was eating and it took a snap, of you, snap at you, you're, you're hardly going to take a claim against your parents or your brother or whatever. Whereas if you're walking past somebody's house um, and a dog ran out into the public road and took a chunk out of your calf muscle in the back of your leg, well, then you would feel more like taking a yeah. claim, justifiably. So I think a lot of it does depend on the, the um, circumstances of, of the bite. Right, can a dog be put down after... Uh, it, 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 again, I think that depends on the circumstances of the bite and, um, and, you know, and the degree of the injury and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think there's a, a, f a few messages that would come out of, of the fact that this is in the news now about insurance claims to dog bites. And the first and most obvious one is that if you do have a dog, you should just check that you've got third-party liability cover in case somebody does sue you for your dog biting them. Um, and it's quite easy to get that. You can get it usually as part of your pet insurance if you have your dog insured um, to cover vet's fees, you'll often find that one of the extra clauses is that you're also covered for third-party liability if your dog does bite somebody. That's the first one to check. The second one is it's often included in your home insurance. So if you check your house insurance policy, you might find there there's a clause which makes sure that you're covered if your dog does bite somebody else. So those are simple checks to do, and it makes sense that people do them. Why do dogs bite then? Is it well? You see, I think that's is it all I, different personalities. Well, I, th I think that's the second part of the, the thing. First thing is to highlight the aware, awareness of the fact that you should have your dog insured against the party liability. The second aspect is to talk about why dogs bite people in the first place. Um, and there are different types of, of aggression that lead to dog bites. And um, the, the one that's most common, funnily enough, is simple fear and anxiety. And that's why dogs bite. Because... Um, uh, dogs don't want to bite you frightened dogs don't want to bite you but if they're cornered and if you keep approaching them when they're cornered they will bite to make you go away and that's actually the most common reason and that's the most easy one to avoid and how you avoid that is that you learn about dog body language 
And if a dog is telling you with its body, a dog can't talk to you, a dog can't say, please would you go away. But the dog can tell you with its body language that it wants you to go away. And if you ignore that body language and continue to advance onto a dog, then it's very likely that they will bite you. So you need to be aware of that body language, and most people aren't. And um, Dogs Trust actually have got a very good campaign going just now called Dog Safe. And if you go to the Dogs Trust website, you can learn all about that. And that is essentially teaching people about dog body language so that they can avoid bites. So what sort of warnings do dogs give you first? So generally, um, it can start simply with, with the, the whole appearance of the dog. They tend to sort of shrink down, they tend to be shivering a little bit and just looking a little bit unhappy and anxious. Their facial expression is one of worry, if you like. But specifically, they do other things, like they lick their lips, they narrow their eyes, they flatten the ears on their head, um, they might put their tail between their legs, um, and... Um, as you get a bit closer, sometimes, but not always, they might lift a lip and they might growl at you. Those are the kind of obvious ones. Um, and I think we're seeing more of this post-COVID because during the two years of the lockdowns, a lot of young dogs especially had almost no contact with any other dogs or other people other than their families. And that means they're now emerging being quite timid because they're just not used to everything else. So um, that means that fear is the first thing that happens. And uh, Biting is the one that follows that. Right, but they, they give you the signals that they're not happy, so mm. to stand back, as these are warnings as such. They are warning signs. And if you have a dog that's anxious, you should be aware that your dog might snap at somebody out of its anxiety. And what you should do is get a yellow ribbon and put it around their collar. And that has become a universal signifier that a dog is an anxious dog that doesn't like to be approached. And so, um, you know, also you should know if there are, if you see a dog with a yellow uh, ribbon round its neck, then don't approach it. Then just know that that's a dog that wants to be left in its own space. Right, okay. Mm. I mean, does breeds differ? And, or is it, a dog no, a dog the, a dog? That, you know? The breed thing is something which has become a little bit... Uh, overdone really there's not much difference between different breeds and aggression i think the difference that people think of when they think about those big strong breeds that are on the restricted breeds list the only difference is that those types of dogs are bigger and stronger and that's not necessarily a breed thing you can have plenty of crossbreed dogs which are also big and very strong and obviously the bigger and stronger a dog is the the bigger and deeper the bite will be so that's the only difference there's no difference in terms of aggression Right, even though certain dogs, because of their appearance, get a bad rap, basically. It's more of a of a bad rap than a reality, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so um, how do you prevent your dog? You have to know the temperament of your dog, is that it? Yeah, first of all, as an owner, know the temperament of your dog. As a person perhaps visiting a home uh, or, or meeting a dog in the street be very, very aware of that dog's body language. And you don't just go up to a dog and pass it on the head. That might well get you bitten. You would, instead of that, you would approach a dog. First of all, you would talk to the owner and say, can I talk to your dog? And sometimes they'll say, of course you can. And then you, then you squat down and, and, and reach out your hand to the dog and turn your hand so the palm is down, so you're presenting the back of your hand to the dog and let the dog sniff your hand. And a friendly, happy dog will sniff your hand and probably lick your hand and move towards you. A nervous dog will look at you and look at your hand and will back away a little bit. And you, 
if that happens, you don't proceed. You stop right there. And the dog, you listen to what the dog is telling you with its body, which is, I don't want to engage. So I think a lot of dog bites can be prevented. And it's no accident that a lot of dog bites are on children. Uh, and that's because children aren't nearly as aware as adults about things like dog body language and they're much more likely just to charge in without pausing to reflect before they engage and okay. obviously they're smaller as well and again that makes dog more likely to bite because they feel they can because the children aren't such an imposing um, presence as, a, as an adult person so so a lot can be done to prevent dog bites and rather than focusing on the insurance i'll be talking about how to prevent dog bites and again i'll just say go to the dogs trust website look for dog safe and you'll see that there's lots of good advice there very good okay pete weatherburn thanks for coming into us again Thank and you. you can read up on, on pete's articles and uh, all his correspondence and his thoughts on petethevet.com not all his thoughts he keeps some of them private but thanks very much indeed pete good to see you again. thank you very thank, much thank you. thank you uh pete weatherburn from bray vet